0: Aloha, everyone. Ronnie Landis here, and welcome to another episode of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. Uh, I am very excited about today's episode. I'm always excited about every episode, to be honest with you. But this one in particular just really gives me a tingle. You know, it's kind of like that twinkle in a child's eye. It's something very unique about this gentleman that we're going to go into, we're going to jump into that. But before we do, I want to let you know if this is your first time hearing the show or maybe hearing about me or what I do, I'm the founder of the Holistic Health Mastery Program, which is an integrative and holistic nutrition certification course. It's an online-based course, video-based course, and this, this program goes through the ins and the outs of nutrition, natural nutrition, raw living foods nutrition, superfood nutrition, tonic herbalism, detoxification, cleansing protocols, hormone balancing, neurological therapies and nutrition for neurological conditions, so much more. I invite you to go to HolisticHealthMastery.com. And see everything that we offer, see if it resonates with you. And yeah, I wanted to put that out there. And also, feel free to go to my personal website, www.ronnie, that's R O N N I E middle com. for more information on me, a lot of video content from YouTube and different interviews, a lot of radio shows that I've been on, a lot of things like that. You can find more information about me on those two websites. Okay, let's get back to the matter at hand. Now, the guest that I have on my show today, this is one of our remastered archived interviews from my previous podcast in 2013, which was the Expanded Health and Human Potential radio show, and I interviewed over 27 of the world's leading experts in natural health and detoxification therapies and peak performance in general. And this individual was my very first interview, and he actually endorsed my most recent book, The Inner Alchemy Youthening Program. This individual is Peter Ragnar. Now, Peter Ragnar is something of a legend in the nutrition world. I shouldn't even say the nutrition world. I should say the health, the holistic health, the longevity-specific health world, the health field, and just such an interesting character. We've become friends over you know, social media and have had a lot of discussions and really gotten a feel for one another. And there's a lot of great stories there. But without going into all of those, I just want to say that this man is a living embodiment, a personification of the work that he does. You know, there's a lot of, uh, mystery shrouded around Peter, or I should say there used to be a lot of mystery shrouded, shrouding around Peter because he used to be very reclusive. There was a kind of like legends and lore in the health field about Peter. Nobody really knew how old he was. Um, some people thought he was like 90 or 100 or something like that. Just all this, this interesting kind of mystery, um, or mythology around Peter and, You know, the man is real. He's real. He's solid. The man, the legend, the myth. He's a real human being. And he's come out more recently in terms of, uh, you know, coming out on social media, posting more stuff about what he does and sharing his deep, deep wisdom with the world. And I'm so thankful for that. And, you know, there's, there's so much I could say about this interview specifically. We really dive into the nuts and bolts of health, his personal nutrition and dietary regimen. Um, we talk a lot about hormones. We talk a lot about longevity and, and achieving happiness in your life as a modality for health in of itself. So without further ado, I want to introduce to you. Mr. Peter Ragnar. Enjoy. Hey everybody, this is Ronnie Landis and I am very excited to bring you the first official uh, podcast interview for the Expanded Health and Human Potential radio show. And today I have a very, um, very incredible guest joining me. His name is Peter Ragnar, and this man needs no introduction to our community. Um, I've been getting tons of questions flooding in on my Facebook for people that want to ask this man questions on all kinds of topics relating to nutrition, how to optimize their nutrition strategy, and um, how to how to activate more longevity, promoting qualities, not only for the quantity in their years, but the quality of their years. And that's something I'm really interested in diving in with Peter. So with no further ado, let's bring him on. How you doing, Peter? I'm doing t- terrific there, So uh, Very honored
1: to be on your show. Thank um, you.
0: Yeah, it's a huge honor for me. I've been I've been following you for a, a number of years now, and I've known about you. I, I think I first got tuned into you a few years ago when one of my friends um, was trying to turn me on to Kevin Trudeau, actually, um, or not really trying. I mean, I definitely um, got into his material and um, all the stuff that he was promoting, and um, he, I think he did an interview with you, and that's when I first learned about you. And then I got into your material, and uh, just very excited to be here with you.
1: Oh, well, thank you, Ronnie. Yeah, that's uh, I guess that goes back quite a ways with uh, with Kevin and I. He'd been after me for a number of years to, to do something uh, with him, and I remember when he uh, put together his book, Natural Cures They Don't Want You to Know About, uh, and uh, I was very honored to be featured in the book, but, uh, you know, it goes back to living a lifestyle that is in harmony with nature uh, and just being in tune with your surroundings, so I, I think that was pr- probably a very big message, especially for people who are very busy, you know, the message is. Mm. Hey, slow down a little bit. <laughs> You'll have plenty of time if you slow down. If you rush, you won't. Right.
0: Um, that that's an interesting idea, and I yeah, that's something that's definitely um, definitely been a big a big focal point in my life uh, because I've always I, I think all of us are kind of products of this society where it's very fast paced, go go go, push it to the limit, and I definitely have been like that most of my life and. I've found that if I want to produce more results, I actually have to take a step back and, and um, evaluate what I'm, I'm investing my time and energy into. And that, that um, and by getting into natural nutrition, getting into more of a naturalistic lifestyle and mindset has been a huge asset for me. So um, I think our, our viewers are going to be are going to benefit tremendously from all the wisdom and experience that you're going to be able to give us.
1: Thank you very much, Ronnie. You know, as you were just mentioning, uh, the pace of living, isn't it interesting when you think about this, that fast foods equal poor health (laughs) where slow foods equal vibrant health. Yeah. And it, it's it's so much of a different approach that when we slow down and concentrate on whatever we're doing mm-hmm. and we focus on it, not only do we become more effective, we actually end up producing more because our energies are concentrated. Right? It's it, it's so amazing. It's just like when we eat when we sit down and we eat slowly. All of a sudden, we start releasing all of the enzymes, all of the uh, the valuable nutrients in our saliva that allows us to really digest the food and to get the most out of it. So eating slower gives us more. Eating faster gives us less. I mean, look at the people that gulp down food and they don't get anything out of it. They're, and the reason they eat so much is because they didn't get what they needed in what they ate. So the body says, you got to eat more, get hungry. Mm -hmm. You're not getting your nutrition. But again, here we have this contest between fast and slow. And as we slow down, we intensify our energy levels. It it's just it's, it's sort of neat because it's it almost seems counterproductive or counterintuitive. Yeah, if, but if I go faster, I'll get more. No, if you go slower, you get more.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a slow and steady wins the race, right? Yeah, it, that that's that
1: consistency. Yes, and and you know when people are looking at at their health, it's. Not trying to cram everything into one day. Mm. It's set a pattern, mm-hmm. uh, a program, where you do it every day with consistency.
0: Yeah. And
1: it's the consistency over the long haul. It's just like, Ronnie, when people want to start uh, getting in shape. They run down to the gym. They work out <laughs> like crazy. And then a couple of weeks later... You don't see them at the gym any longer because they did too much too quickly. Instead of saying, okay, I'm going to do what I can do today. And you're going to do a little bit maybe, but you're going to do it on a regular basis. And pretty soon it becomes a habit pattern. You stick with it. The years roll by, the fat rolls off. You find that you're putting on lean muscle mass, feeling great. Your vitality is up. And here you are, years later, because you did a little thing, and you stuck you stuck with
0: it. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And um, I think that that is that may be one of the most important, if not the core message for you know kind of this shift that we're embarking on and getting out of this kind of rat race mentality. And I, I think I think that is the key to longevity, as far as as a principle or a philosophy is actually how do we extend the quality in our years, and actually that quality in my from my perspective is actually what creates the propensity towards longevity. Would you Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, absolutely, Ronnie. Because look at this: if you're enjoying each day. Mm-hmm you you just relish what you're doing you you're just yeah. so so thoroughly into it that joy guarantees you that the next day is going to be just like that and the reason for that is whatever emotion we're putting out there whatever we're feeling the universe matches that with circumstances mm-hmm. and situations that allow us to have more of it and if this day that we're living right now, is so complete, so fully, thoroughly lived, you know you have created a glorious tomorrow. There's no rush, rush or race. It's not, There's not a finish line in sight.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, th- th- this just brings up some interesting ideas inside of me and things that I've been thinking about. It's like, people are in such a rush to get over with the day because they're they're in a habitual pattern of doing things that they don't want to do, and they, they're, you know, um, people are backed up from head to toe, so it causes, you know, all these emotional issues and mental constraints, and they're just locked into these constrictive patterns of our civilization, and so it's almost like people are in a hurry to get off this planet because... They're having such a, you know, their experience that they've set up for themselves is, is, you know, it's not what they would, it's not what, what is possible for them. And it's really not bringing out their higher faculties. And I feel like people are in such a rush to get off here. They don't even want to be here. But when, when you are in love with life and you, you are healthy and you have a clarity of mind, clarity of spirit, it's like, you start to really love every moment. You just, you, like There's no rush to get to tomorrow. There's no rush, like you said, to get to the finish line. It's just like I am so into t- squeezing out every ounce of life force energy out of every day, and I, I feel like the more you want to be on the planet, the longer you'll be here.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And here's the thing, too. Why do people rush? because they believe on a subconscious level, there isn't enough time. So if I believe subconsciously, there isn't enough time, Mm -hmm. then I've got to get it all done now. I've got to race to get it done. However, if inside you, you know that you have forever, do you get in a hurry? No, you just enjoy the moment because you can afford to. You're not threatened by the future.
0: Uh, Only if you're
1: threatened by the future will you have to race.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah, that that's powerful, and your your clarity is um, really inspiring. I'm getting excited just for this moment <laughs> right now. It's it's really cool. So. I think this is a good segue into my first question for you. Um I think we have a, a a relation in our background. I actually grew up um primarily as a martial artist from the age of 4 on. So I was raised in in more of the eastern philosophy and the eastern disciplinarianism and having having that that um having, you know, a martial arts background really, really tuned me into a lot of these ideas of slowing down, practice what you preach, focus on the details, take time to perfect your craft. And I know that you've been a martial artist for a long time, right? Uh,
1: probably over, well over 60 years.
0: Ah, wow. That, and what you just said right there is, um is going to lead me into, I'll probably have to, I'll just have to ask you this question now. Um, Because one thing about, one thing about you, Peter, is that there's, there's this, there's this kind of anti-aging, I don't know if the right word is phenomena or theme that goes on. When I listen to people that interview you, it kind of, it kind of um, is a, a theme that goes on where everyone wants to know how old is Peter Ragnar? <laughs> and you just said you've been doing martial arts for over 60 years. So automatically in my head, I'm like, oh, OK, well, you know, he probably wasn't he probably didn't pop out of the womb with, you know, and start doing it. So, you know, I'm like, OK, well, then how how, how old is Peter? So my so I guess the question I want to ask you here is like, how do you actually feel about chronological age? Do you feel that it's even relevant
1: No, no, Ronnie. It 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 has no relevance whatsoever. Mm. I mean, ripping calendar pages off the wall doesn't age you. (laughs) I mean, time. Like uh, like I'm fond of saying, I don't know where I got this little cliche, but time isn't toxic. Time can't kill you. Right. It's just your. It, It has no effect whatsoever on human flesh. It's just that we believe this in, as a self-fulfilling prophecy that the clicking of a clock sometimes somehow makes your skin age. It hasn't anything to do with it. Our body has this infinite plasticity to it. Mm-hmm. It's self-regulating, self-generating, self-sustaining, self-governing, and it does this whether you're 6 years old, 60 years old, or 90 years old, or 160. mm
0: mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it is a natural mechanism of the body to repair itself. Now, the only thing that happens over time is that it's the accumulation of decades upon decades of bad habits, bad thinking. Mm. Uh, I think it was uh, Zig Ziglar said, "stinking thinking." Uh, Yeah, (laughs) and it is just that It's, it's thinking in a limited way. What we do, what we're doing, is projecting our fears into the future. And every time we project our fears and anxiety into the future, we reap the benefit or the, the detriment of that in the present moment by heightened levels of stress hormones. I mean, cortisol goes through the roof. Our adrenal glands get, get milked like we were dairy cows. Mm. You wonder why we age? Yeah. I mean, all you, all you have to do is look at your face in the mirror. After you've had a real stressful day and the anxiety's been pumping, and you will, you will like uh, age before your very eyes. But if you reverse that, look at your face in the mirror in the evening after you've had a, a beautifully satisfying, fulfilling day doing what you really, really love doing, being with the people you really, really love being with. And you'll say, "Wow, I look different." Yeah, you do. You have the light in your eyes, the sparkle in your fa- in, in, in your skin and hair, and and this is this is real because this is the electromagnetism of the physical body. Mm-hmm. It's your aura. All of a sudden, you literally, literally light up because we are made of light. And that's what happens. We're just simply activating that switch. We light up, our skin glows, our eyes sparkle. You're alive because you focus on life.
0: Right, and you get what you focus on. Attention goes where energy flows. And if you're focused on life instead of... So there's an idea um, in nutrition that I've been really thinking about as far as like kind of my personal approach to... Nutrition is this idea of putting life against life in terms of living food, uh, fermented foods, things of this nature that have life and that promote the growth of life um, within our physical medium instead of this kind of societal um, attitude towards pitting death against life, trying to obtain uh, vitality through the pharmaceutical idea, through medical intervention, through kind of cooked food um, dead foods all this you know the whole the whole gamut of um, civilized eating quote unquote and it ties into what you're talking about is really stacking the odds in your favor in terms of every aspect of your life not just the food not just the thoughts not just kind of the meditative uh, aspect but really combining all these, these attributes for for a holistic point of view.
1: Absolutely, total agreement.
0: Great. Um, okay, so I want to ask you this question now that I brought up the the nutrition side of it. This is this is an area a lot of people are curious about. I'm curious too because I don't really I don't really have the full picture as far as your perspective. If you could give me kind of like a a basic framework of what is Peter Ragnar's personal nutrition strategy?
1: Hmm. Well, that's an interesting uh, way to put it, Ronnie. I don't know that I have a uh, – if strategy is the word – now, strategy would be the word if I was struggling with some ailment. right. Then I would have to strategically plan how I'm going to avoid avoid that uh, dilemma.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, every day when I get up, I appreciate life. Everything that I put in my mouth, I bless. Uh, this morning, my breakfast, I had... Fresh blueberries and raspberries, with uh, with hemp seed, and you know that's general. That's always my breakfast, pretty much. But as I put put that in my mouth, I bless the saliva. I bless the berries, I, and I spend a moment with it before I swallow just welling up that feeling of of tremendous thankfulness, that changes what happens to the food. Now, the food already has life and light in it. And that's very, very interesting because food that is healthy, that's living, gives off a particular... Uh, light, which uh, you can take a spectrometer and look at it, and uh, s- s- biologists do this. Uh, people who study agriculture do this, mm-hmm. and it has a, a left spin or a right spin. In other words, it's the way the light comes through this little prism that spins in a particular direction. Right. And that, basically, in very simple language, that says if it's catabolic or anabolic. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's if it's giving off growth or it's dying, well, when we bless food, we intensify that right spin uh, phenomena. In other words, we we add energy to energy. Appreciation magnifies nutrition. Very very important. I mean, this is this is also. I mean, people who eat. A dead food diet, if they appreciate their food and they're thankful, will change the structure of that food. How much more so with a live food diet? So my my particular program for eating and my guidelines are to eat as much that is produced by my own hand and the least amount from what somebody else has created Mm. as directly as possible. I, you know, it's like uh, when my wife Katrina was uh, preparing the seeds that went in our garden, what she did, every single seed that was planted was blessed. The seeds then were uh, were put in uh, our greenhouse area the area we were using to grow the seeds this winter. And they, were, they had music played to them. And these were uh, beautiful chants, that uh, melodic chants, mantras that uh, have been designed thousands and thousands of years ago to enhance life. So now those little sprouts that grew from that are plant, planted... And blessed again as they're planted in the garden, and as those as those plants mature and give birth to their their offspring, their food, the the blossoms and the and the fruit, that again is blessed, and it's uh, you know it, it, it's such a delightful process to participate in. Last year, I remember uh, when we were harvesting some of our tomatoes. Every tomato that I picked, I thanked the plant for the tomato. And these were little cherry tomatoes, and I think I picked like a thousand of them, <laughs> or more. because we were putting we we dehydrated a lot of them, uh, and I think the blessing made them uh, made the sugar content the natural sugar content in the tomato even sweeter. I mean, it's just like candy, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, it's it, it just that whole process, being, uh, being involved in, in the whole production. Now, naturally, there are things that I order uh, that we get, uh, we get uh, from ordering online and things people, other people send us, which uh, we're very, very thankful for. But, you know, my strategy as such is to live as deliberately as possible by my own hand.
0: I think I think that is a really um, a really powerful philosophy to apply. Where it's not it's not so much focused on you know okay I'm ninety percent this you're you know where we're trying to do some kind of mathematical equation to get the diet thing right. When the reality is there is no getting it right. You just have to feel your way through it as as you obviously know. And I really like that philosophy is I think a lot of people kind of struggle on this end. I know as a nutritionist, I deal with people and there there's a lot of kind of neurosis that goes along with the nutrition and diet um, world. And there's a lot of kind of diet wars and this, that, and the other that we don't necessarily need to get into. But I really like your philosophy of it, it brings in this slow down, relax, express gratitude for what you have now and being really true to me that is actually being in tune with the natural flow of the world or the natural flow of um of nature is being grateful for every you said every single tomato that you picked you express gratitude like we we forget to do that so often and i i just think that's such a powerful concept to to relay yeah, no, it, it really
1: is, Ronnie. Because something else starts happening. You start to realize that you are all part of this energy field. Mm-hmm. That there, there is this, uh, this oneness with nature, a harmony with nature, a harmony with all things, and you realize that all things are so intricately interconnected that we're not separate beings. That we're all part of the same thing that's happening, and that again wells up a, a great deal of love. It, it, it allows you to be kind. It allows you to exercise compassion. It's, it allows you to understand other people more too, and understand right. that you know they have their challenges, they have the, their they had their sufferings, they have their worries, and uh, and we're just like them except we've been able to look through that door a little bit further.
0: Very good point, very good point. So I'm gonna, we're gonna jump over here to the list of questions that we have lined up for you. We got a lot of them here so I want to be able to run through these for the benefit of all the viewers. You ready to get into it? I'm ready. Okay, so the first question comes from my friend Carla Carpenter. How about some tips for staying in a healthy regiment when traveling?
1: <laughs> well uh that's probably not a question to ask me. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, actually uh, let me back up. I probably traveled more recently than I have in uh, in many, many years uh you know I, I spent thirty years up on the mountaintop and uh just basically never. Never went anywhere, and of course, uh, in the past few years, uh, I've done a lot more traveling. So I understand that it can be—it can certainly be a challenge uh, traveling. You know, you just have to prepare ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if I'm going somewhere, uh, you know, you can always take a cooler and put stuff in that cooler, and uh, you know. If you're driving, that is, you know, if you're driving from city to city or uh, you can always find a Whole Foods or a place like that, go in there and uh, stock up on their goodies and, uh, you know, stop at uh, rest areas. Uh, Just take your time Mm. now, you know, more and more. We're having great restaurants uh, popping up all across the country, raw food restaurants. I know the, the times that uh, uh, Katrina and I go back up to New York, uh, New York City, uh, her family's out on Long Island, and uh, so we go up there periodically. Uh, We always try to make it into the city to, well, Pure Food and Wine, which uh, is one of the most exquisite raw food restaurants, I think, anywhere in the world. And I know there's so many of them uh, around now, uh, but, uh, you know, it's just about planning ahead.
0: Right, yeah, I, I definitely think, yeah, you have to, that, that to me is kind of the strategy of, of upholding your standards for how you want to conduct your, your dietary lifestyles. Yeah, it's just like anything else. If you, if you don't plan, then you're planning to fail, so great advice. Great. Um, okay, we got a question from Tim Shaddick. Is immortality possible with Peter's practices in a city environment, or is it essential to head for the hills to a more natural environment?
1: Well, I think uh, the question is, is immortality possible? Mm. And then we can determine (laughs) under what conditions and, and where. You know, It's not something that I can give a definitive answer about. All I can say is that, you know, if someone said, Can you reduce or reverse aging? Absolutely, unequivocally, yes. How? Well, first of all, stop pumping your body full of stress hormones. Number one. Lower your level of anxiety. Uh, learn to become more at peace with yourself. Learn to know yourself. Now, can you do that in a city? Absolutely, because it's an inside job. It's a do-it-yourself proposition. It will it uh, will it be more difficult? Well, you know that depends. It depends on who you are. And it depends on how affected you are by distractions. It also depends on uh, how you deal with pollution, how you deal with noise, how you deal with uh, particular schedules. Uh, you know, all of those things come into play. Now, on the reverse of that, heading for the hills, quote unquote, will not make you peaceful if you're not learning to be peaceful already. So you can get out in the country and have even more anxiety than you have in, let's say, uh, a crime-ridden ghetto. Mm. Because there's things out here that could scare you too. And, you know, that depends on your mindset. A lot of people feel very vulnerable when there's nobody around. Uh, their imagination can run away with them what do people do when they see a snake well immediately all of this uh, this preconditioning uh, these uh, subliminal uh, fears and anxieties pop up and you know so you still have to deal with those things it's dealing with with the emotions that pop up that cause our body to flood with let's say in this case adrenaline how do you deal with it? Well, it's, it's a process of, of many, many things. One is a healthy diet to lower your to help lower the cholesterol or the uh, cortisol levels. There are herbs, there are foods that, that help bring those things down. But also, it involves meditation, prayer, however you approach your spiritual life. Is very, very much part of that. Now, once those things are in order and the machine is humming smoothly, how long will the machine last? Well, it depends on how well you take care of it. But you gotta get it fine tuned to begin with. You can fine tune it in the city, fine tune it in the country, fine tune it out in the desert. Uh, you know, some places easier than others. Naturally, where I live, it's Quite easy. Now, I, I've lived in the city, too. But uh, that's a long, long time ago.
0: <laughs> Great. Uh, the next question comes from Derek Road. Have you ever experimented using magnets for inversions? How, one, how might one do so simply? Hmm.
1: I've... Played around with inversion boots many many years ago, and uh, I have not uh, incorporated the two practices uh, necessarily. But uh, you know, there's an idea idea to to play with and come up with some strategies for it. And I suppose, uh, just off the top of my head, you could do uh, you you could put powerful magnets underneath a cushion do do that yogic headstand and uh meditate that way be interesting to find out what happens
0: yeah i, I think so too all right the next question comes from uh, naturally perfect this is the, and this is something i'm really into too i'd like to get your take on it are there any natural ways to reduce estrogen dominance in men and women
1: I, uh, yes, there are. I, uh, it's, you know, estrogen, uh, high estrogen levels are associated with high fat levels.
0: Mm-hmm, right.
1: And, you know, high estrogen levels obviously become a problem in uh, prostate cancer, or breast cancer. Uh, but before we go there, also realize that we pick up estrogen from, uh, from plastics, from uh, right. cosmetics. I mean, it, you know, we live in a society that bombards us with estrogens. So it's very, very important to uh, start looking at the things that you use on your skin, naturally uh, the foods that we eat. But I, what happens Especially, let, let's say, uh, when, we're, when we're wanting to build muscle. Muscle requires testosterone. Mm-hmm. Testosterone, in turn, when it is being metabolized, brings, it, brings out an enzyme called aromatase, which aromatase is found in the tissues uh, of the body that turns excess testosterone into estrogen. T- now... The aromatase is found in body fat, which basically means that the more body fat you carry the more aromatase will be found and therefore higher estrogen levels which in turn produce lower testosterone. So it's very very interesting uh, uh, we, we come back to the issue of decreasing body fat. The more you decrease body fat, the less the testosterone that both men and women produce will be aromatized. Now, some of the things that will help. What helps? Uh, sesame seed, fenugreek seeds, uh, especially things that have fiber. Because fiber mm-hmm. helps... to the insulin response to carbohydrates, which, of course, is related to our to how we put on fat. So all of these things really work together. Decreasing body fat and building lean muscle mass is really what we want to do because this, this protects us against cancer. Uh, chia seeds, flax seeds, hemp seeds, uh, raw oat groats, all of these, uh, especially... Uh, like with flax seeds, the hulls are especially uh, especially powerful in inhibiting aromatase because what it does it binds uh, what is what is called sex hormone binding globulin, and it's very important to have this bound so estrogen isn't available. It uh, it locks it up. Mm-hmm. And so by using chia seeds, mm-hmm. flax seeds, hemp seeds, and uh, like I mentioned, oak groats, uh, these are very, very powerful. Now another thing to block estrogen or to block the aromatase, uh, foods that are high in selenium, uh, foods that are high in zinc, mm-hmm. green tea is another one that uh, that helps greatly, and as well as the supplementing with melatonin. Now, really? melatonin, I uh, is is very very powerful. Uh, you know that's why it's been used as a uh, anti aging supplement as as such. I uh, it's something that I have done for you know a number of uh, for a number of years. I've taken melatonin in the evenings which I found also increased my natural human growth hormone levels which basically burns body fat mm. so uh, also the, the amino acids arginine, uh, lysine uh, these, these are very very good. Another way too uh, which brings me back to the discussion on HGH is that if you take tryptophan on an empty stomach before going to sleep at night, what happens is this essential amino acid is converted into the neurotransmitter serotonin, and serotonin regulates your mood. Now, at night, what happens with serotonin is that it's converted into melatonin, which, of course improves the quality of sleep. It allows that really deep sleep and it's only during that deep, deep sleep that the pituitary gland squirts HGH and as that happens, the body starts packing on muscle and burning body fat. I can go on and on about that. Uh, It's a fascinating topic and especially as as men and women grow older, it becomes more of a concern, you know, because our natural uh, levels of DHEA, uh, HGH, uh, all of these, uh, these various neurotransmitters start to diminish uh, with age or neural hormones.
0: Yeah, and there's and and this is a fascinating topic and this is definitely something that I've had my magnifying glass on for over the last year and there's a lot of yeah, there's there's a lot of things I would love to jump into with this but um I think yeah, I think that's a great a great um, platform for this for this particular individual and for myself to to dive in a little deeper on there. So the next one is from Pauline McNabb She's asking what's Peter's opinion on the supplement Coenzyme Q10. Uh,
1: the reports on Q10 are phenomenal; great for the heart, and uh, you know, uh, people uh, that take CoQ10. Uh, it's just a lot of a lot of literature out there, and I I've taken it on occasion. Uh, uh, I'm not taking it now, but I have, you know, over a period of time. And, you know, I, I sort of go in uh, in spurts on things like that, <laughs> just sort of listening to what my body's telling me. And mm-hmm. I think this is very, very important that we listen to our body. As we listen to our body, our body will will give us a, a red light or a green light on certain things. Now, here's one thing I would really stress. Whatever it is that you choose to supplement with, muscle test it. Mm. And my, uh, I'm more for uh, getting what we need from the foods that we eat. Though, you know, I will, I will say that I do supplement. But the supplements that I use are herbal based or uh, from something I know where it came from generally.
0: Or whole food concentrate that type of thing,
1: right? Exactly, yeah. exactly, and that, that's where where my my primary focus is now. You know, uh, it's not a hundred percent, but it's it's very close in, in that area. I'm very uh, very cautious about what I put in my body.
0: Yeah, and I, I definitely agree with you. I think that, and I think that. Just a quick a quick comment on that. I think that is actually the future of where we're going is is a fusion between the pharmaceutical idea but not not the idea that's been taken out to such an extreme and it's been abused it's more of a nutraceutical idea where we can derive really key ingredients in a natural supplement that's derived from you know from whole foods ideally and then you know that's a good way to create our insurance policy
1: Exactly, you know, and there, there's, it's just like the various amino acids that are available that mm-hmm. uh, that, that assist, you know, for people that uh, that need it, and uh, you know, everybody's uh, body is sending out a little different message all the time, and uh, it's learning to fine tune that, you know, listen to it very carefully. Now. You know, with all of that said, I uh, just be as you know organically natural as you possibly can be, and you, can, and you can't go wrong that way. Right. There is no magic bullet out there, and I, you know I, I've written this, I, I wrote this years and years ago in my book, "How Long Do You Choose to Live?" I said, "If you put a peel in the ground and water it, it ain't going to grow a fruit.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. And by the way, I, I, Ronnie, I did promise my readers that I would update that every twenty to thirty years, and <laughs> a new uh, updated edition of "How Long Do You Choose to Live" getting ready to come out. I originally started writing it in 1982, wow. so 1983. Yeah, 1983. So. Uh, we're due for an anniversary edition of it. No, yeah,
0: that's that's phenomenal. Um, the next question comes from my good friend Jay Denman. I would love to know what animal foods Peter eats.
1: Okay, well, at at present, I am vegan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But with that with that said, there was a time uh, going back a number of years when I got very thin. Yeah. And at that point, what I did was uh, I started drinking raw goat's milk. And this woman that was providing the raw goat's milk also provided me with raw colostrum,
0: Mm. goat
1: colostrum. And my body responded to that phenomenally. Now, I don't do that now, but, you know, it allowed me to regain some of that, uh, some of that lean muscle mass that I had lost due to being very extreme in my diet. Now, you know, I have this tendency to be, uh, to go all the way if I go for something, and uh, that doesn't serve you well <laughs> at, at certain times.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can definitely attest to that. Yeah. Um, you, you have to weigh and measure. You, you know, you
1: you have to you have to hold on to the steering wheel of your own body and and, and guide it. And if you you start going off the road a little bit, or you start having, uh, if your flesh is coming off and you you're, you're uh, really getting getting very very thin there's something wrong too you need to readjust that
0: right now, being thin is good
1: uh, but i'm talking about being skinny
0: yeah there's a yeah there's a difference um and i yeah i've definitely had that kind of thing happen to me through the initial years of my raw food and vegetarian endeavors and I'm very much still a, p- a part of that culture. Um, I, it brings up an interesting idea of kind of more of the Hindu, the Indian approach to um, a vegetarian society where they were primarily a vegetarian society for thousands of years um, and the way that they were able to do it was by incorporating raw cultured dairy products. Mhm. And I think that's a very important idea for people to just understand that it doesn't have to be all or nothing, but for me personally, I'm a vegetarian and that's my 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 belief and my my core principle on how I personally want to live my life and I'm willing to dance around um certain things if it allows me to hold on to that 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 foundation for myself. So I you know, I think a lot of people get way, they swing way too to one side, whether it be like the carnivore extremism or it be the, the vegan extremism. Extremism and fascism in any, fa- in any fashion is unhealthy.
1: Exactly, Ronnie. You know, because what, what starts happening is all of a sudden you're looking over your shoulder and you think, where the food police are coming <laughs> to check to see what I'm eating. <laughs> And this this, this <laughs> guilt it's not oh there are no gold stars being passed out you you are what you are and if you do the best you can, do the most amount of good and the least amount of harm and do not make it a religion it's about getting the results that you want in your That's life exactly. I mean it's not rallying around the flag. <laughs> as, as much as as much as you know, I, I can go back, Ronnie, and when I first started writing about uh, raw foods, I basically was the only raw foodist I knew. Personally, I was the only raw foodist I knew, and then I then I had convinced a lot of other people to become raw foodists, and then I realized that I had created a lot of fanatics. Mm -hmm. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute It's not about fanaticism You just do the most amount of good The least amount of harm And because somebody has raw yogurt They are not an apostate The devil didn't get into their head
0: Burn them at the cross I mean, you know, (laughs) come on folks Some of our longest
1: lived cultures Where people live the longest Uh, incorporate uh, many of the things you just mentioned Ronnie Mm -hmm. and so you know hey you want to live long look at the people who live long what are they doing they give you a good model can we improve upon it well yes I think we can but at least you know let's take that base and then build on that foundation right that's basically what I've been what I've been doing all my life
0: right the beauty in in the times that we live in is that we have opulent abundance of choices where none of our ancestors could even fathom the amount of options available to us and the idea of reductionism and trying to cut out almost everything that we have available is is not only irrational but in a lot of ways it's it's very disrespectful to the abundance that we have. And I think from all the things that you touched on, it it harbors a negative magnetic frequency that's being sent out to the universe saying this person is not living in gratitude. They don't, they don't want this, whatever. And it, it only creates negative results health wise, mentally emotionally and in the exterior results that they're trying to create for themselves.
1: Absolutely, Ronnie. Any judgment is toxic.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Um, Okay. Well, it looks like we are at the end of our time limit here. This uh, this was an incredible incredible uh, interview. I think I think people are going to gain a lot out of it. I know that I I gained a lot out of it, a lot of new ideas, and just really um, taking the time out in each day to to be grateful for everything that I have. So thank you, Peter.
1: Thank you, Ronnie. I, I'm I'm honored again.
0: Where can, where can everybody? and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post your links on the website, but uh, for all the listeners, where can people reach you?
1: Uh, Facebook is a great way to get an immediate contact with me. I will be uh, opening up a new website here shortly called Longevitysage.com. And eventually, you know, and people also get to me from uh, peterragnar.com. They'll all be uh, connected. But uh, I've got some new ideas, some new things I want to present to the public. And, uh, but especially uh, staying in touch with me on Facebook, is, you know, you'll get an immediate response from me there.
0: Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Peter. Um, like I said, this was a pleasure and an honor, and uh, I hope you have the best day possible. Hey, fantastic. Same to you, Ronnie. I appreciate it. Yep, we'll talk to you soon.